What's the deal? What's the deal? We back. This your boy Gabe, Weapons of War. As always, no time for the small talk. We jump right into it. Some things on my mind. Wanted to wait a little bit before I put this out, but let's talk about the Super Bowl. Well, let me correct myself. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl per se. We're going to speak about the halftime show. And not how you feel about Jay-Z and him picking, you know, halftime people for the Super Bowl, looking like sellouts and whatever. We're we're not speaking about that. We're going to speak about the literal halftime show. I believe it was J-Lo, Shakira, and I don't know if they brought anybody else out because I really wasn't paying much attention to it. But the part I did see was... Pretty interesting. People are all caught up in the fact of, oh my God, J-Lo's 102, but she still looks awesome. Shakira's 98, and she still looks awesome. Now, granted, I know they're not that old, but they're up in age. You know, they've been around for a while, and they still look awesome. Cool. I believe everybody, especially if you have money, you should. there's no reason for you not to look awesome, because... You have everything at your disposal, but that's neither here nor there. I saw leotards. I saw gyrations. I saw stripper poles. I saw women sliding down these said stripper poles. I saw tongues being stuck out at the camera and whatnot. And I thought I was like, this is very, very interesting because this is this is what we're doing for for halftime shows now. And it's acceptable when uh, I could recall, I don't remember which Super Bowl it was, but Janet Jackson had a so-called wardrobe malfunction, whether it was or it wasn't, isn't really the point, but she had a wardrobe malfunction and that was the end of the world she got banned the network had to put out apologies and whatnot and it was like wow okay that you know she exposed herself on tv and it was a big thing but you look at it and it was like if it was a mistake then okay it was a mistake but it wasn't treated as a mistake Fast forward now, and you could have the scantily clad, gyrating, stripper pole, sliding, tongue licking, sticking women on stage with, I believe they had children in cages, and that's okay. Is it? Is that the world we live in? And that brings us to the title, Numb Hypocrisy, because we're either numb to things now or we're just flat-out hypocrites to say that that was unacceptable and so horrid when it comes to the wardrobe malfunction. But then fast forward now, and you could have stripper poles and all the things that went on, and that's okay. That's fun family entertainment right there. I don't understand it. And then we're in a day and age where 
we we've come out the me too movement which is not necessarily about you know women doing what they're doing but we're in a stage now where people are against objectification of women you know it's horrible that men are objectifying women and this that and the other men are doing this and they're not treating women right they're doing women wrong and by no stretch of the imagination am i excusing the men who are doing things wrong if you're sexually assaulting sexually abusing or doing anything to a woman that you shouldn't be doing that is wrong and i'm not saying that that's okay by any stretch let me start by saying that what i am saying is what is the difference between a man objectifying you and you objectifying yourself if it wasn't the right thing to do for men to have you in videos half naked doing all kinds of stuff like that dancing shaking and that's all you were good for in a video why is it okay that you do it to yourself that's a real question that i want us to think about why is it okay because now when the women do it all i hear now or all i see through social media outlets and things like that is oh my god a woman it's her body and she can do what she want to it's so empowering to see the woman taking control of her body. And granted, on a basic level, yeah, it is your body and you can do what you want to with it. But I'm of the strong opinion of saying just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. And just because you do it doesn't make it okay. Because the same way you were looking at it when the men were doing it and you were in their video. The same thing can be said about you in your own video. And I, I, I don't get it. We're either numb to the fact of, you know, it just is what it is and, you know, basically do whatever you want to do or we're hypocrites. And again, I'm not saying it was okay for the men to do it. And I can't say I've always had this stance because growing up, I used to like the videos and watch the videos with the women in it, doing whatever it is they did. You know, I used to stay up and watch Uncut. But now as I've grown and I've matured and I see things differently, you know, and I owe that to being saved now. It's, it's real interesting because let's just say you have a daughter. It's wrong for you, for your daughter to look at the video with the man who has the women doing things that might not be the greatest for you to say, okay, don't let a man, you're more than this. You're not just, you know, hips, thighs, and pretty eyes or whatever. But... <laughs> If they look at you doing the same thing in your video, then you take the stance of saying, it's okay if you want to be empowered and use your body how you see fit. Don't let anybody, you know, tell you what to do with your own body. Kind of sound diamond-esque when she say, make the money. Don't let the money make you. So it's, it's not okay 
if you're getting paid and you're doing this, you know, because you are told to, but it's perfectly fine if you're just making a conscious decision because you don't understand your own self-worth, which is basically what's that, what that is wrapped in, is knowing your own self-worth. Because if people truly understood their self-worth, they wouldn't do things like this. Even the men, if they understood their self-worth and what their purpose was, they wouldn't be saying half the stuff they're saying. They wouldn't be having these women in the videos doing whatever it is they're doing. But since we're in a world now where we're all, or most of us are numb hypocrites, then it's just, it's not about being made to do anything. It's you're making a conscious decision. You're making your own choices now. It's like saying if you were a slave and then your master said, okay, you're free now. But you said, no, I'm going to choose to stay at first. You know, you were making me stay, but you know what? I'm just going to stay on my own now and do the same things and subject myself to the same thing because now it's my choice. And since it's my choice, I'm that much more empowered. I don't understand this. And in the same sense of how we've been speaking about music since the beginning of time, how the things, now granted, I understand that a lot of music at some point derives from what you know and the environment you came out of. But at some point, you reach a level where you're no longer in that environment anymore because your music or your craft, you've gotten to the point where you've risen above that and you've come out of those circumstances. But yet, your musical content doesn't change and on one front, you're promoting uh, mass incarceration and we shouldn't be doing this and black men are wrongfully incarcerated and the laws are different for us than it is for them. And, you know, black men do take care of their kids. We do do this. We do have good family structures and whatnot. But. Right after you say this and you go record your album, everything in your album goes against what you were just protesting about. And I don't understand that. You say you're against, you know, drug laws and things like that that are not necessarily fair and equally appropriated. And while that may be true, I'm not saying that the the laws are the same for different demographics i'm not i'm not going to be naive and say that they are but what i am saying is how do you on one hand fight for <laughs> you know drug law reformation or law reformation on one hand but then if i listen to your cd from track one to track 15 you didn't move more dope th through the hood than you know then, you know, Nino Brown, you the Nino Brown of your hood. So what what is it? Is it the fact that you're numb to the fact that your words hold credence and they affect people? And the fact that people are pushing these drugs through the hood and thinking that that's their only way out. And that adds to the amount of people who are being, 
you know, wrongfully incarcerated, not necessarily saying wrongfully incarcerated, because if you did it, you did it, but who have these laws that are in operation against them because maybe they heard you and how you, you know, pushed all this work through the hood or wherever it is, because I'm not just going to say that, you know, black people are the only people who are saying stuff like this, but whatever your demographic is, and you pushed all this work through the hood or through your suburb or wherever it is you stay, that people may latch on to that and attempt to emulate it. Now, let's start by saying this. On one hand, everybody is responsible for their own actions. True. But on the other hand, we have to be more responsible with the influence that we have. And we have to stop taking the stance of saying, I'm not a role model. I'm not your kid's parent. I'm not your role model. I'm not trying to be a role model. You know, I'm just living my life. And I've spoken about that in a previous podcast. Check it out. Check us out. We everywhere podcasts are being played. But we have to be more responsible with our influence. Because I believe even the people who say that, you know, they're not trying to be an influence, they understand that they are influences to people because I guarantee you all those people who said that or who are saying that, if you ask them in an interview or whatever who influenced them or who did they look up to, most of them may tell you names of people who probably didn't consider themselves influences, but clearly because they're sitting there telling you that they were influenced by them, that they are influences. So we all have to take that stance that I am influencing somebody. And that doesn't necessarily only apply to people of status. You don't have to be famous to have influence. If you're a person and you exist in the world with other people and you walk out of your house and are seen by these other people, it's a high possibility that one of those people who see you unbeknownst to you are influenced by your life. Now, what you're doing with your life and how you're influencing that, that person, you know, is subjective because I don't know how people view you, but you know what you're doing and you have to ask yourself, hmm, if someone were to see me doing this or was to say, hey, I want to pattern my life after this guy, Am I doing stuff that I wouldn't mind my own kids doing or people I cared about doing? We have to ask ourselves that. Or are we numb to the fact that, you know, we are influential or are we just hypocrites? Bring up the story again. I'm going to have to post this online because I have the video. But I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this in a past episode of the rapper 2 Chains, when asked, does he allow his daughters to listen to his albums? And he said, he allowed his, let me, hold on, let me restate this. His, one of his daughters, or his only daughter, I don't know how many kids he has, but his daughter was on one of his albums. He allowed her to be on an intro, or she sang something at some point on one of his albums. And they asked him, so, you know, you let your daughter be on the album. Is she allowed to listen to your music? 
And he said, she knows how to fast forward only to the part where she's on and that's it. He doesn't allow her to listen to the music because he understands how music helps shape the development of children. And I thought that was very interesting. I don't know if he still holds that stance because this was some years ago. But the thing is, he understood that his music could be detrimental if heard by certain people or by people. But yet and still, he still put it out there. I'm pretty sure he thinks his daughter is a pretty girl. And I believe one of his album titles were Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. So if pretty girls like trap music, why not let your daughter listen to it? If you believe that your music is influencing people, why not allow your daughter to listen to it? Hmm. Could it be maybe because the things in your music you think would be detrimental to the development of your own child, yet and still you put this music out, numb to the fact that it's also if it's detrimental to your child, it may be detrimental to other people's children or Could it be that you're just a hypocrite? And again, I'm not, I don't want to sound self-righteous because I did not always have these views. I used to just think, man, you know, it's just music. It's just this. It's not that serious. But as you grow older and you mature, you realize it is that serious. We can't have it both ways. But the way society is set up, it allows us to hold two different viewpoints on the same topic that contradict each other that we could present at any said time when it benefits us. And when it doesn't, we take the other stance. But yet, we also live in a society that's all about keeping it 100. You know, I'm real. These people fake. And... Most of the people who say that aren't real themselves. Not to a degree everybody put on, meaning everybody has a personality that they portray when they're out. You know, when you go out, you have to be professional. You do this, you do that, you speak like this, you speak like that, depending on the setting. And when you go home or you're in your comfort place, you you let your hair down, so to speak. I'm not saying in that sense, because different settings, you know, you have to show up in different ways. Like if you go to the Met Gala, that's a formal place. And, you know, there's a uh, that's a different atmosphere than if you at the family cookout. That's all I'm saying. And that doesn't make you fake. That just makes you aware of, you know, different environments. But there's also a thing to where we don't even know what you, you, let me say not what, who you are. We, We can't even pinpoint your identity because your identity is so shrouded and fake that we don't even know who you are. Nine times out of 10, when that happens, the person who is putting on this fake imagery of themselves are either unaware of who they are or they're ashamed of who they are. For instance, 
I take pictures every now and again, photos of people, and I do portraits. And I refuse to do all these filters and take this out, take that out. Now, granted, we're going to make your picture look as great as possible. But if you go through social media now, most people getting catfished because (laughs) your profile picture is so filtered. Your skin is smoothed out. You're lighter than you are. Your eyes are twinkling. Your hair has this fiery sheen to it. And then I come up and I see you. And I'm like, hold on. Who is who is that person in the picture? You're holding your phone up because from this angle, it makes you look like this. This makes you look slimmer. This makes your hips look bigger. This makes your muscles look bigger. And in the same note... We going around calling other people fake. And I'm looking at you like, hold on, that, that's not you either. So you're either numb to the fact of what you're doing or you're a hypocrite. And, you know, we, we're in a day and age where everything is considered bullying. It's considered shaming people because you should just accept people the way they are. And while I'm not going to say that you should not accept people the way they are, you should accept people. You know, if people show up in a certain way, be present with how they show up because everyone's everyone is not at the same level of maturity or growth or development that you may be. Or they may have views that don't line line up with your views or current moral standing. And you have to if you plan on dealing with this person you have to accept the fact that you all have differing views. But we also have to be aware that everything that we do just because we do it may not necessarily be the best way to do things. So we have to be open to receive, you know, be be open and aware, rather, of these teachable moments and always be ready to unlearn something that we may have learned and took on as, you know, law in our life. For instance, we, I see stuff where people say people are fat shaming people. Now, there are some cruel people who do fat shame, who do talk about people based on the fact of they may be overweight. But that's completely different from telling someone that, hey, you need to lose weight because the weight that you're carrying isn't healthy. It shouldn't be a girl or dude, don't worry about what people say, stretch your stuff. Now, granted, you should have confidence regardless of how big or little you are, but you also have to be aware of what's going on with you and since we're talking about weight and this specific thing, how big or little you are. Some things are not healthy. Now, while you should be confident, you should still know that, hey, I need to do better by my own health. The way people eat, the way people drink, if people doing drugs and stuff, it's not okay to just be like, oh, well, you know, you empowered do what you do what you do get it how you live you know live your life you know i don't know if people still saying yolo but you know 
when you had the generation of the YOLOs who just you only living once. No. It has to be something said to you that, wow, hey, you can literally do what you want to do, but the lifestyle you live in, going out to the clubs, pulling up every day, you know, drinking, doing all this stuff, it's not healthy. And in the same breath, people talking about their day ones, talking about friends, and we had an episode on friends. These are not your friends if they are not telling you this. So we can't be like, hey, you know, I don't want no fake people around me. My whole circle, my day ones, you know, we keep it real. But your day ones and your friends don't have anything to say to you about your reckless lifestyle. They don't have anything to say to you about the fact that, hey, what you're doing is not healthy. And why? Either they're numb to the fact of what you're doing or you all are a bunch of hypocrites. And it might not necessarily be that at all times. Sometimes it could be your circle full of people who are not necessarily numb, but due to circumstance, you're just unaware. You might not understand what's going on. You might not understand the detriment of what you're doing because this is all you've seen. This is all you've known. But what I'm saying is in a world we have different outlets. Like, for instance, we have these things in our pockets now called smartphones. You know, back in the day, to get certain information, <laughs> you had to wait for the encyclopedia man to come in. You had to go to the library. You had to have face-to-face time with people to say stuff to you. Now, in our pockets, we have these things called smartphones that connect us to an infinite amount of information. So I refuse to believe that you know how to pick up your smartphone and find out the latest dance, download the latest CD, download the latest movie. You didn't stream power. You know every character on power. You know who shot who, who did this, who's sleeping with who. You didn't thumbs up on world star you in the shade room you know all this stuff but you mean to tell me you didn't know you could google how to get how to fill out a college application you knew that you can google how to twerk how to dance how to do this how to do that how to do hair how to do makeup how to dress yourself you knew how to do all that but you didn't know that you could Google how to fill out a college application, how to increase my study habits. You know that, and I'm not saying, let me start off. I'm not saying college is for everybody. I'm not saying that. I'm not forcing everybody into the system to go through college, be an employee. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing all that. Some people, you know, college is for them. Other people, it isn't. But, you know, you, you didn't Google how to cook dope you know, how to turn hard to soft and vice versa. But you couldn't just Google, you know, how to legally get out the hood, how to do this, how to do that. But you you just automatically are hardwired to 
know how to Google or YouTube, you know, negative detrimental things, but nowhere did you ever think to Google something positive. And the one thing that I'm aware of is that I don't know everything. I make it my purpose to learn something every day, but I know I don't know everything. So since I know that there are things that I do not know, and I'm aware that there are things that I do not know, it's easy to search for things, to just search for something positive. If I see negativity around me all the time, I'm just going to Google or look for the opposite of that. Now, then we want to say how opportunities aren't available for us because of where we are or depending on your demographic. Now, that may be true in a lot of things. A lot of programs and things might not be where you are based on your current demographic, but that's where I come in and to say, hey, there are avenues and we have resources like Google and like our smartphones to where we can seek out things that are better. We can seek out programs. I might not know that there are programs for, I might be saying, you know what, ain't no programs for people to get jobs who have felonies. You might not know what these programs are, but you know what? The same smartphone you pulled out to learn about how to cook up dope, how to twerk, how to find all these music things and stuff, you could Google, hey, programs for people who need jobs who have felonies. And I'm not saying that one Google entry is going to solve all your problems, but it's a start. So we have to stop making these excuses because there are people who have made it out of every type of situation. And if one person did something, another person can do it. And while it may be harder for you to do it versus someone else who has something you don't have or wasn't dealt a hand that you were dealt, that doesn't make it impossible. So a lot of times it comes to the fact of we're numb to the fact of where we are and what we're doing, or we're hypocrites in the fact of saying, you know, it's nothing for me. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to help myself. But yet, you know how to do things that are detrimental to yourself. And a lot of times we just need help. That's what things like this are for. You know, we can't view people who made it out as sellouts. We can't view people who are doing better as, oh, they'll never do this for me or never, you know, they got out the hood or they got out of whatever they were in and they forgot about where they came from and they don't help anybody. They don't pour back into the community. And while there are people who do that, there are people who are pouring out. There are people who are giving back and who have these programs and who are opening doors, but we have to seek it out. We can't always just want people to do something and then wait for them to come back and get us. Sometimes we have to take that initiative and begin to do something on our own. If they pull off in the car and say, hey, once I uh, 
Once I make it, once I do it, I'll turn around and I'll come back and pick you up. Sometimes instead of waiting on the couch, listening for the horn to blow for you to walk out and get in the car with them when they come back, sometimes you need to just put on your best shoes and start walking and start going in that direction. And if by chance they circle back when you walking and you on your way, you could get picked up then. But, you know, God gave you a gift. God put something inside of you the same way that you went out there and did this or did that. That might necessarily might not necessarily be good for you. It takes, you know, intellect to do certain things to be a successful drug dealer. You have to be smart to do things like that, to do music, rapping, you know, regardless of what you're saying, if it's good or bad. That takes talent. If you want to twerk and do all that dancing, that is a skill. You're just misappropriating it. You're just, it's just being misappropriated, rather. So don't look at the fact of what you think you have to do. Just take that gift and refine it. Because if you didn't know, I'm a Christian. And I don't believe that just, you know, I believe, let me start this by saying I believe in God. And I also think there's a devil. The devil, Satan, doesn't create anything. He only perverts that which God has already created. So God gave you that ability to dance. You just chose to twerk and gyrate. God gave you that ability to rap. You just chose to start rapping about drugs, shooting up the block, and illegal activity. God gave you that mind to be able to crunch numbers and be creative you just used it to find new ways to grow weed and cook up dope. All you have to do is refine your gift. Know that all good and perfect things come from God. And so take that gift, take those things that you are using for negative things and Google, how can I do this with this? How can I use dancing? How can I use singing? How can I use any of that? And then look for the programs. Look for the people who are available and willing to pour into you. And then enter it with an open mind. Always go throughout the day thinking that you can learn something from anybody. Don't put yourself above Anybody, because even someone who is at a lower status than you can teach you something. Anything can be made into a teachable moment. For instance, me. If my one of my purposes is to empower men, because I have a strong belief that if men get right, one with God and get on the path that we were supposed to be on from the beginning and be pillars and leaders in our community, 100% of things would be different. Us being in position would positively affect and begin to shift every environment from the work, from entertainment to education, to the political, to the home structure. And so I put myself out there for men, for males. I don't care if you're the youngest male to the oldest. And I offer myself, and I'll do that now. 
markedformastery at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-D, the number four, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y at gmail.com. The website is coming soon. But if you have questions, if you need guidance, and it's not just me, there are other people out there who are willing to pour into you and teach you things in whatever walk you're in. There are things for women. There are things for men, single moms, single dads, felons, you know, whatever your situation is, whatever your status is, I'm pretty sure that (laughs) there's something out there that speaks to your specific need. But we have to get out of allowing society to, you know, map our lives, so to speak. We need to start shifting societal norms and not being numb to stuff or just choosing to be hypocrites. Because I know before and I And I'm not just fully there. I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still maturing. But I do know that before I I was at the state that I was in now, as far as how I think, a lot of the stuff I did, I knew was wrong when I was doing it. I didn't really want to do it then, but I thought that I had to. I thought that, man, you know, if I don't do this, people are going to look at me like this. People are going to say this about me or I'm trying to hide this aspect of my life or I'm trying to put on and be fake and make it seem like I'm this when I'm actually that. And that was foolish of me now that I think about it, because what I should have done is stood up and went against the grain. Because you notice most successful people and people of influence, they go against the grain. People are going left and they decide to go right. And in that moment, people may have ridiculed me. People may have looked down on me because I'm not doing what is considered to be the norm. But if I would have pressed on from that point and made it and began to do things differently and gave them a different perspective and let them know that, hey, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be who you are and not necessarily go with the crowd. Imagine the influence that I could have made because at that point I wasn't being numb to my condition. I was just being a hypocrite. I was going against the things that I knew inside of me that were wrong, that went against what I thought were moral things that were morally wrong to me. But I allowed my situation. I, you know, I'm growing up with my mom. She doesn't know how to raise me. My dad, he was never there for me. I never saw a good relationship. Every marriage I saw failed. The cards I dealt were bad. And granted, all that may be true, but none of them are an excuse to live a life that's beneath what God placed in you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter if you've been molested, if you've been raped, if you've been abandoned, if you've been abused, if you've been unloved, if you've been rejected. It doesn't matter. And I'm not taken away from those things and how they may have shaped your worldview or the pain that they have caused you and the scars that they've left on you. I'm not taken away from that. But what I am saying is that even after that, you can still rise above that and show those people who are stuck in a space because they can't overcome that because they haven't allowed themselves to heal and they think that there is no other way, that there is another way because you choose not to allow those 
negative things to be defining moments. When negative things happen, that should be an awakening to us and say, okay, this was this happened to me. This was allowed to happen to me. I will not be numb to it. I will not be a hypocrite and just think that this is okay. No, I will stand up and I will show the world that I can overcome this. Bible scripture that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Scars are some of the greatest testaments to ourselves that we ever have because the scar shows you that what you have endured, you have overcome and what you have overcome is part of your ministry or your purpose to pour into others and allow them to see that they too can overcome anything. And if by chance you cannot find the program, you can't find the person Nothing that you Google or search can put you in the direction of the person or the place or the thing that looks like you or who's been through what you've been through so you can pull so they can pull you out of where you are. That's a strong testament to say, okay, you are the person who needs to spearhead it. So when the next person Google something, when the next person looks and searches for something, it'll lead them to you and you can help them. Instead of just being numb and going along with the status quo or being a hypocrite, doing something and living in a space that, you know, goes against everything that's inside of you. And it's that simple. Change is as simple as a choice. And while that sounds simple or overly simplified, everything is a choice. Bad things happen. But we choose to interpret it different ways. Too many times we see kids coming out of the same household who endured the same things, but yet one defines it as an awakening moment to break through and overcome. And the other person allows it, their scars to be so deep that it wounds them past the point of healing and they and it allows them to just basically die. And maybe not necessarily a physical death, but a spiritual, moral, self-esteem death to where they end up just spiraling down and doing nothing. But yet these people came from the same household. How is that? It's all about choice and how people choose to define these painful or traumatic moments. Trauma is one of the biggest gateways to negative things. When trauma happens, that opens, that's a gateway for more negativity. If you're a spiritual person, which I am, trauma opens the door to demonic forces because you're unguarded, you're wounded. Or trauma can strengthen you if you choose to allow it to, for you to be able to pull yourself up, knowing that God is always with you, even though traumatic things happen, and that through him, you can rise above and be a catalyst for whatever that is. Again, meaning if you were abused, you can show other people who were abused how to come out of that. And I'm going to leave that on that. Let's not be numb or hypocrites any longer. Let's be true to ourselves. Let's be true to what God has placed in us and let's show up as better than we were before. 
mediocre is for the mediocre, and God didn't make anybody mediocre. So let's do better. Again, this is your boy Gabe, Weapons of War. You can hit me up at wildpod1 at gmail.com for show advice. You know, if you want to reach me, if you're a man or you know a male who needs that development, who needs that mentor, who needs some guidance, hit me up at markformastery at gmail.com. Until next time, peace.